So good to see all of you here today. Uh, you know, yesterday we did that walk and walk for life. And so my youngest son, Aaron, was with me and it started to rain as soon as we started. So we had the umbrella and we were going and he wanted to go fast. So we got out in front and we were the first ones to finish. So we kind of did a power walk um, for two miles. Now, I normally don't do those that, those kind of exercise because let's just face it, I'm lazy. Um, so, uh, I don't exercise. So even just two miles, you know, at a power walk, uh, my thighs are starting to feel it just a little bit. Um, isn't that pathetic? Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. You can scold me afterward. No, don't do that. Um, yeah, I need to, I need to get in shape so I can power walk two miles without being sore. All right. Last week we talked about faith activated, activating your faith. And we used the story of blind Bartimaeus. And we determined that in order to activate our faith, we must not be idle. We've got to, we can't be idle. We've got to walk, you know, and start getting some exercise. No, we can't, don't be idle. Use what we have, follow the word. Those were, don't be idle, use what you have, and follow the word. So this week, I want to talk about the touch of faith. Last week, faith activated. This week, touch of faith, going to a different level. And I want to do that by looking at some of the differences and similarities between Bartimaeus and the woman with the issue of blood. And we've got two miracles here. I want to contrast them both. So before we dive in and read, let's just pray one more time. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for what you're doing. I thank you that our hearts and our mind can just be open here today to receive what you have. Lord, that we just be open in Jesus' name, amen, amen. I'm going to turn this a little this way. I am getting like all this feedback, so we'll just keep turning this this direction. You guys can still hear me, right? Excellent, awesome, awesome. All right, Mark chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, which represents the old identity, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Now I want to read from the woman with the issue of blood. Let's begin in Mark chapter 5, verse 21. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come lay hands on her so that she can be made well and live." And he went with him, and a great crowd followed him and thronged him. That means pressed about, around him. And there was a woman who had, been, who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians, and he spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. How I many you know you can go to the doctor and sometimes you don't get better, you get worse? How many's been there before, right? Eh, it happens, right? 
Well, that's where she's at. So in verse 27, she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Now, if you didn't hear last week, you can get on Church Plugged In and take a listen to some of that because that'll help explain some of the things we're going to talk about today. But you still should be able to follow some of this. I want to look at verse 24 one more time. And there's this guy, Jairus, that comes and said, Hey, come lay hands on my daughter. And here's what happened Jesus went with him. Jesus went. See, just like Bartimaeus, it says that Jesus was passing by. And Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was there and he cried out. The thing that we get from this is that Jesus is always moving. Whether you and I aren't, he's always on the move. He's always doing something. The question is, are we going to move with him or are we going to stay in a life of mediocrity? It, one more time, are we going to move with Jesus or are we going to stay idle in mediocrity. Because remember, Bartimaeus, he could have stayed right where he was. It didn't matter. He had heard all these things about Jesus. That's fine. Many hear about God. No problem with that. However, when you hear about God and when he's on the move and he's moving by, what are you going to do with that information? Are you going to throw off your old identity, that old cloak, get up and follow him? Or are you going to stay in mediocrity? So here we see this with the woman with the issue of the blood, same thing, Jesus was moving. And there were all these crowds pressed around him. And then in verse 27, we say, we hear this. She had heard the reports about Jesus. Just like blind Bartimaeus, he heard the word. See, Jesus is representative of the word. In John 1, it says, Jesus is the word. What does that mean? God in the flesh, walking on the earth. That's what Jesus was. He was God and man at the same time. Right? Okay, so Jesus is on the move, and, she's, and she had already heard the word. In other words, she had already heard about Jesus. Now, it's a really good thing that she heard the right stuff. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But if you're not hearing the right word, you're not going to believe. How many's ever heard one of these, like, really far out there conspiracy theories? And then, and for a moment, you considered it. You know you did. Oh, I have. You know, we have all these, you can get on YouTube and, oh man, they can make it sound really good how, you know, a plane never hit the Pentagon on 9-11. You know, I mean, they got footage, they got all this stuff, and there's, somebody's got too much time on their hands and a Mac, and they're just, oh my goodness, You can go and read about all these different conspiracy theories of how a plane didn't go there. Or you can hear other ones, and you you can hear some of this stuff, and you can consider it. Now, look, maybe you're here, and you're like, well, I believe that one. That's fine. I really don't know one way or another. I just, I don't get into it. 
like I used to. I used to get on there and watch them and see, just see what they said. And look at the conspiracy. Well, see, here's the thing. The woman with the issue of blood, she wasn't hearing a conspiracy. She was hearing all the good stuff. Now, see, there was all this bad stuff circling around about Jesus as well. He was, uh, there were things that people that were negative that were said about Jesus. Some of the negative things that were said about Jesus, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? In other words, this part of the country, I mean, there's no good thing come out of that. He's a Samaritan and he has a devil. In other words, he doesn't have good genes. And he's got a devil. He's not really, you know, of God. He deceives the people. He's a deceiver. These were things that went out there and was circulated. He cast out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of devils. Or he breaks the Sabbath by healing. He actually did that one. That was a good thing. Right? But these were negative things that were being said about God. Now, apparently, the woman with issue of blood didn't hear that stuff. She heard how there was a man that came and set people free. She heard how there was a man that was actually walking on the earth and doing miracles, something that could actually help her. And you know what? She chose to believe it. Have you ever tried to tell somebody something and you're trying to convince them and they just don't believe it? That's really tough. No matter what, you can be like, I was there, I saw it, I I was right there, and they just totally don't believe you. And you can't convince them no matter what you say because they weren't there and they didn't see it. You'll never convince them. Well, she heard and she was already convinced without even seeing him yet. I, I mean, that's just awesome. That was, she was already operating in faith because that's what we're talking about here, faith. We want our faith to be increased and for our faith to be increased, we have to hear right. We've got to hear the right stuff. Verse 27, she had heard the reports about Jesus, came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Now, the word touch here is very key. It's the whole crux of the message here. The word touch is very important because the word touch is symbolic for intimacy. Intimacy. And it's like, well, what has that got to do with faith? Here's the thing. Bartimaeus had an acquaintance level with Jesus. That's right. Cynthia was talking to me about this the other day. Okay. Bartimaeus was an acquaintance level But see, the woman with the issue of blood, intimate level. How can we assign these levels to these encounters? How can we do this? How can we say this is is two different levels? Because of this, get this statement, Bartimaeus got divine permission. The woman with the issue of blood pressed in without it. See the difference? Bartimaeus asked. The woman with the issue of blood didn't. That's a different faith level. That's a totally different place to be. Let me break this down with a little example. Uh, Melissa Hosek is Christopher's sister. She's coming back uh, today from Liberty, right? Today. Uh, That's why, you know, they're out today. So she's coming back for the summer. Well, last year, before she went away to college, she was coming to our house after school because she went to school uh, down here in Woodbridge and she would come on Tuesday so, and just be at our house after so she could be there for small group. And uh, eventually Christopher started jumping in that car too and started coming as well. 
But I remember when Melissa first came on that first Tuesday, she came and we had been talking and we're all, you know, just it's 3.30 or whatever it was, you know, when she got there and and we were talking, say, how you doing this and that. And she had already been there 20, 30 minutes and I started noticing a little apprehension on her face. And then she says, would it be okay if I have a drink? Now you can tell her this later. And I said, of course, you can have a drink. No problem. So we got her a drink. Now, here's what I did after I got her a drink. I said, okay, I want you to, did you see which cabinet I got it out of, the, the, the glass? Yes, that's where it is, and the water's in the door of the refrigerator with that. Anytime you're here in my house, because I knew she was going to be coming every Tuesday, you just get the drink. Just get it. No problem. You don't even have to ask. What do you think happened next Tuesday? She asked. Now, that's because she's so sweet, okay? Now, if you know Melissa, she's so sweet, and she doesn't want to, you know, do anything she's not supposed to do. She's awesome. But she got that apprehension. Is it okay if I, if I get a drink? I said, why'd you ask me? <laughs> I already told you you could get a drink anytime you want. There's the cabinet. And she goes, okay. And she went over to go get a drink. She doesn't have to ask. She knows when she comes to my house, she's at a different level. Now, see, when you come over to my house, you don't even know where my glasses are probably, you know, most of you. But some of you do. And that's because you've been there a lot. And you know what? I'm tired of you asking. So I was like, hey, there's the glass. You just go get it whenever you want. In other words, she's part of the family. Do you see what happened? I was treating her just like I treat my children. Didn't matter. You come to my house, you're going to be there. She's now family. She doesn't even have to ask. Get this. The word touch in the Greek means this. To fasten oneself to, adhere to. It refers to such handling of an object as to exert a modifying influence upon it or upon oneself. Most people, when they read in this account of the woman with the issue of the blood, they believe it was a touch like that, and it wasn't. It was a touch like this. It was a grasp. It was a firm grasp. It's the difference. There's a different Greek word that means touch the surface. She didn't just touch the surface. She went for something deeper. Are you here? Okay. A surface-level encounter with Jesus will only get you so far. There's a lot of people who believe. You know what I'm saying? But if you want to go to a different level in faith, you've got to touch the master. Not surface-level, you've got to grasp. See, we are free. Now listen to this. Verse 33. The woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down at his feet. Why was she scared? Remember, I said, Melissa, you know, she had some apprehension on her face. This is severe apprehension. This was fear and trembling. Oh my goodness, I did something wrong. Now see, 
Melissa asked why because she didn't want to do anything wrong she didn't want to just overstep her bounds and get something and it's good you know look if I come to your house I'm going to ask I'm not going to just go in and say let me see if I can find the glasses here let me go over here in this cab hey yo where's the glasses you know I'm <laughs> it's not like that you know I need to get a drink no I'm going to ask I'm going to make sure I do that Why? Because I don't want to overstep my bounds. Now, here's this woman. She came in, she grasped, and she let go. But because of Jesus' response, he said, who did that? She went, oh, no, I did something wrong. Why was she saying, oh, no, I did something wrong? Because, see, you have to understand, she was a woman with an issue of blood, which means she was unclean. She was not fit to touch the master, according to the law of Moses. See, according to the law, a woman during her time, during her menstrual period, could not touch anybody or anything without making that person or that object unclean for seven days. So that right there, like, so if wherever she laid, that bed was now unclean. Whatever she touched, that object was considered unclean. That was the law. That was what, that's what we call legalism. And so you know what Jesus' response to her being in fear and trembling, once she told her what had been done, he said, go thy way, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Why did he do that? What he was saying is, my grace is sufficient for you. You don't have to worry about all these works. You don't have to worry about the law. You don't have to worry about trying to, quote, please the master. You, you don't even have to ask. Once you come and know me and love me with all your heart, soul, and mind, it doesn't matter. You can take what I have already promised you. Amen? We don't have to fear. We don't have to be in trembling. Here's the thing. We have to ask ourselves. And here's the, here's the, see, faith allows us to walk in peace. He said, go in peace. Faith allows us to do that. Once our faith is increased, we have peace. If you don't have peace in your life, that means your faith is not high enough. You're not on that level to get that peace. Now, see, he told her to go. He also told Bartimaeus to go thy way. Now, the woman with the issue of blood, she may have decided to follow Jesus, but we don't know because the scripture here doesn't say that she got up and she followed Jesus after that. But Bartimaeus, it says he got up and he followed. He said, go thy way. And what did he decide to do? I'm going to keep on following Jesus. What was he saying by that? He said, I don't want just a a miracle. He said, "I, I don't want... You know, just a healing, I want the healer. He was going after Jesus. He was going to follow Jesus and go after him after he received this miracle. What does that tell us? We need to choose Jesus, not because of what he can provide, but because of who he is and what he has done for us. Look at what Bartimaeus He decided to follow him. He called him son of David. He knew who he was, that he was the Messiah, and he decided he was going to follow him because of who he was and what he had done. He had set his, opened his eyes. 
And we decide to do the same. Why? Because he is God and because he went to the cross. Because of what he's done, he went to the cross for you and me. He paid for our sins. He purchased that. That's why I follow Jesus. That's the only reason. Because of who he is and what he has done for me. And when I follow, my faith is increased. It's one thing to know who Jesus is. It's another to fasten yourself to him, to have that touch and go to another level. Two important principles of faith. Number one, faith is established by hearing. You either hear it from someone else preached or you read it for yourself. Regardless, you have to hear the word. Faith is established by hearing. If you're not hearing the word or if you've not heard the word enough, you got to get it so it can be established in you. That's step one. Number two, faith is proven by action. Faith is proven by action. You know, this woman with the issue of blood, she could have stayed home. Even though she heard about Jesus and she knew he was going to be coming by, she could have stayed home. She had many reasons to be discouraged and depressed. The scripture states that she's been sick for 12 years. She'd suffered many things from many physicians and and gone and, and paid all this money and gone to them for years. And she just got worse. She didn't get better. She'd spent everything that she had on doctors, couldn't find a cure. She felt weak and tired, I'm sure. After being in the condition she's in, she's weak and tired. She didn't have to go. She could have given up, but she didn't. See, faith cries out like Bartimaeus. Faith runs and reaches out like the woman with the issue of the blood. That's the thing. Bartimaeus cried out. He used what he had. It was his action. He used his voice. The woman physically got up and reached out and ran. Just like we gave this example last week of the person that I knew who wasn't going to, uh, you know, some time ago and I was talking and, and they needed a job. Well, they weren't looking for a job. And I said, well, what are you doing? Why are you not looking for a job? I'm just waiting on the Lord to tell me and lead me. And did That's a bunch of bunk. Get up, fill out a resume and go get it. Apply your, do some action, apply your faith to that. Well, I fill out this res, you know, resume and put this out here. I'll fill out this application. I'll stick it in and say, Lord, if that's the job for me, I thank you for opening the door. Hallelujah. I just believe for this thing, you know, that kind of thing. Don't sit at home and wait for a word from the Lord to bring you to that first person. He's just going to drop it in your spirit where you're going to go work. Lord, I don't know where it's going to be. Father God, just speak to me. Lord, is it Walmart? <laughs> Maybe it's Olive Garden. I... Who knows? We got to stop. Faith is action. It's proven by action. He gives us wisdom and we're to use what we are. I want to end on this here. Intimacy with God will build your faith. That touch I said was symbolic of intimacy. And just like intimacy in a family unit brings them closer together and elevates trust, intimacy between the Father will elevate trust. It will elevate that trust in God. And we can lay things and burdens, situations at our feet. It was so beautiful to do the baby dedication for Theodore this morning and to see all of the family here and the love between family. Because family is important, amen? It is, and that support is vital from family. And between us, and we know that in our church family, support, it's vital, it's important. I want to read in Psalms chapter 73, to end us out 
Verse 21, when my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast toward you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterwards you receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works. This chapter Psalms of Psalm 73, I wish we would have time to just go through the whole thing because it's really good. But it's written by Asaph. And Asaph was from the tribe of Levi and was musically and prophetically gifted. And in this psalm, he's talking about his struggle with thinking the wicked is prospering more than those who are faithful to God, specifically himself. He's comparing his afflictions with the apparent ease and happiness of many of the wicked. And so when you read earlier in the chapter, that's what you'll see. You'll see a lot of that. But his confidence in God and his ways is restored when God reveals to him the end of the wicked and the true blessings of the righteous. And once Asaph discovered that God is just and he is good, God was all he wanted. Once he discovered that God was just, he was a just God and he was a good God, it was, it was like the heavens opened up. And you can see the intimacy in these verses. There is nothing on earth I desire beside you. My heart, my, uh, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and portion forever. That is so good. For behold, those who are far from the parents, it is good for me to be near to God. Oh, that's, uh, can you see the intimacy in this? And once we come to God, once we give our lives over to him, once you get in that relationship, you discover and you see something. And that something is that God is good. God is good. And his blessings do come to the righteous. Now, they may not come in the form that we want it. Everything may not just be answered just in the way that we like it. We may not have all our answers explained. But God gives us what we need. He meets our needs. Notice for Bartimaeus, his sight was something that he needed. And he met that need. For the woman with the issue of blood, it was something she needed. That miracle was something she needed. This morning, what is it that you need here today? What is it that you need? And what I would say, it's not, you know, not a want, not those kind of things. What are your needs? And whatever that need is, instead of focusing just on that need, let's focus on the word. Remember, They heard the word. And then let's focus on action. I'm going to do what I can do. I'm not going to focus on what I can't. I'm not going to be an I can't person. I'm going to be an I can person. And I'm going to focus on what I can do and allow God to elevate my faith and meet my need when he sees fit. Amen. Can we all stand? Mm. So this morning, what I want us to do 
is I want us to go into, the, uh, into prayer. And I want whatever need that you've got that you have in your mind, think of what it is. And what I want you to do is you're going to lay it out, lay it at the feet of Jesus. Maybe it's concern for someone else, a family member, a friend. Maybe it's a financial situation, a job situation. I don't know what you're facing. You know and God knows. I want you just to put that at the feet of Jesus. Lay that down at him. And say to him, you know what, Lord? I'm going to run after you. Because you are the healer. I'm not going to run just after, you know, a miracle. You know, I'm not going to just get on my knees when I need something. I'm actually going to chase you. That touch, that grasp. I'm going to come after you. There are many that are just in it for what they want or what they need, and that's it. It's the only time they pray. I, I, know, some, I know some individuals in the past that the only time they, they got in prayer and got serious about prayer and fast was when their business went down. They said, when the business went down, that means I was doing something wrong and I needed to get before God and find out what it was. That was the only time he really got on his knees. I mean, it's good when something like that happens to get on your knees, but we need to be on our knees all the time. Amen. Amen. So this morning, whatever that need is, can we do that here today? Can we put it at the feet of Jesus? Let's do that. Father, right now, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we say to you, Lord, we thank you for what you've done. And we say that we serve you and we will follow you because of who you are. You are God and God alone. And we serve you for what you have done for us, how you have given your son to die for us, purchased our salvation. Father, right now, I thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you for bringing us from an acquaintance level of faith into an intimate level of faith with you. Lord, that we would reach out and we would touch. We would touch you. Father God, I thank you, Lord, as we go through our week. Lord, that the things that we need, that we just put them aside and we put them at your feet and we're focused on your word. We're in your word. We're hearing your word. We're reading your word. And Lord, we act on those things that you show us through your word in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that it is so. And as we go from here, we are not in worry and stress. And I thank you that we don't have to be in fear or trembling as the woman with the issue of blood was, but that we can have peace as you spoke to her in our life because we are serving you. We give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.